Alright girls and boys, the pairings are done and the rounds are up. C4 Squad presents the Rounds Are Up podcast, an AMG-focused podcast to get you gaming, chatting, learning, hanging out, and perhaps even hosting some awesome rounds of Legion, Armada, X-Wing, Shadowpoint, Hobbying, and more. Yes, we are back. My name is Pabs on the mic, and excited to be here, joined by the fabulous, the wonderful Curtis. How you doing, man? Yeah, man, real good, real good. It was a nice, easy month off. Good to uh, refresh and keen to get back into the new year. Excellent. And also with us today, the fabulous Nick. How you going, buddy? Good, man. How you going? Yeah, good. I forgot to mention that it's neighbor Nick, Flanders Nick, you know, the, the Hadley Diddley awesome person of C4. Hadley Diddley. Hadley Diddley. Mo's on his way over to England soon, pouring beers yeah. and living the life. Yes, yeah. yes, good old Royal Nick, I think is the uh is, is the other yeah, official title for, for for Nick leading us, but we get to that. But today we're going to go over a few things, but before we jump into things, just how have we been? It's a bit of time since we've been on the pod, uh, a bit of a festive season over here in Australia. How have you guys been going? Yeah, good, good. I um I feel like I had a really, really productive holiday break so far. Um, mm. Got quite a bit of painting done for Shatterpoint, started up a new faction for Legion and assembled the whole 501st box. Um, yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm feeling really recharged, feeling really keen to get get going with this year, actually. Yeah, it was, it was a much-needed break. So, yeah, what about you, Nick? Um, I, I think I've done the opposite. I've, I, we played our last eight act event at the end of last year for Legion and I haven't picked up anything Legion related since. So I haven't, <laughs> I haven't built any more models or primed anything. I've, I've stayed in the hobby, but I've gone into just playing more board games instead and just kind of taking time out so I don't burn out. And now I'm trying to prep myself heading up to CanCon at the end of the month. Like, have you uh, put your uh, arcs on flight stands, Curtis, or have you gone with a tactical rock option I've seen uh, hanging around? No, no. And anyone who saw the Discord saw that I went out into the garden carrying my eight-month-old son in my arms because he loves nature, and he he helped me select the perfect rocks. Um, and I think it looks pretty good. I'm pretty pretty happy with it actually. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was a really really simple easy solution. The um, the super glue with baking soda trick worked an absolute charm, keeping the cementing of the rock to the base so that it won't come off in the future. Really, really happy with the uh, with the bonding of all of that. So yeah, excellent. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I haven't uh, built anything in ages to be super clear, but I did actually like that part of you know getting some arcs now. Like these flight stands are terrible ideas, and just you know, I don't even have tactical rocks. I just pieces of plastic look slightly better than just trying to stick them on an angle and then they look great they look like you know they're almost pirouetting on their tippy toes for some of them it's quite it's quite cute yeah actually. well another idea sorry another idea that i had while i was doing it for anyone out there just a little touch on hobby 
uh, you could always chop up some of the square parts of your sprues, glue them side by side, and it'll look like a, a piece of metal sticking out of the ground too if you don't want to go find rocks or if you live in a unit or whatever. So that's something you could do as well, and you could glue it together and make it look like a, a slab of metal off a ship or something. So, yeah. You never underestimate spare sprue that you can use for terrain or bits on bases <laughs> and cut them up and stuff. It's very, very good, very resourceful. <laughs> Hey, it's plastic. You can be molded into whatever shape you like, and you can add stuff with super glue. And what was it? Baking soda. Yeah, that helps the bond be a lot stronger. I wouldn't suggest doing it when gluing um, actual joints on minis themselves, but when you're gluing, say, uh, magnets to the underside of your bases, or gluing like rocks or scenery to, to your bases and you really don't want it to come off and you're going to prime over the top anyway. The the baking soda helps to activate the bond and it sort of makes it more cementish as well. And yeah, it, it actually really does work. So, yeah. Well, there you go. There's your hobbying tip for today. If you didn't know, now you know. Speaking of what else we're going to be going over today, we're going to be looking at our new structure there's a bit of change there but it's a bit of a shift around we'll be going over some events and you know that's just the taster for our pod and we're getting some other topics that'll be a bit of a surprise later on but first plugs nick when you take us through our plugs that's all right uh join our patreon and support everything the podcast and the club does uh the link will be in the bio um you do get access to uh patreon discord and also our patreon podcast that we do every so often and we also do give early event signups to patrons as well i believe it's 24 hours extra bonus it is yep um we do have a new patron that has joined towards the end of last year it is flanders nick it is myself i did it to support the club but also <laughs> to get exclusive access to the patreon uh episodes because i didn't have it so, so <laughs> i it's a good I paid reason. my way in oh yeah support the club just because you're myself. an admin and, and help out run things doesn't mean you automatically get access to everything no no i've got to earn it <laughs> <laughs> um we do have shout outs to our usual top tier patrons we have generation drone cow sith lord brendan and joel the mad titan i believe there is also something coming up between a certain mad titan and a certain custis has come up too yeah looking looking at our um we're, we're gonna we're gonna try and see if we can tip off adepticon for for viewing numbers come late march early april oh yeah we're gonna have the uh the final showdown so hopefully we can maybe get a couple of those games up on the stream or at least record them and upload them after play is finished but um yeah we're gonna see if joel can take that infinity gauntlet and complete it and um yeah really uh really all knowing beyond the universe and everything that we know so see what happens but uh yeah we've got some upcoming events um james cube Parramatta, 20th of january they're running a store kit 30 dollars per player 8 30 a.m rego sign up is via their game uplink we'll pop the link for their event in our show notes so that people can get into there 
Um, it is pay on the day. So please, what I'd ask you to do is if you do sign up for that event and you do plan on not turning up, don't just remove yourself from game uplink or anything like that. At least let the people know so that they can make adjustments if necessary. Uh, CanCon World Open Qualifier, the week after 26th to the 28th of January. Tickets, flights, and accommodation for the winner of Legion and X-Wing and Armada. Okay, so this is the big dog event of the year. And it's the second time I'm going to miss it. I am so sad. So we have, from my knowledge, unfortunately, I don't know much about the Armada site. Maybe, Pabs, you can have a quick look at that while I'm rattling off the other dates. Legion and Shatterpoint will be running on the Saturday and Sunday. And oddly enough, from the text I've seen, they are accepting enrollments um, up to the night before, which is really interesting, just in case people from X-Wing can no longer play X-Wing because they don't make cut on the first day. They can then join one of those tournaments on the Saturday and play through there. X-Wing is being run on the Friday and the Saturday, and the thoughts are that it is likely Friday will be a day of cut and will be Swiss, and then Saturday will be the people who are promoted from that cut. So keep an eye on that. Um, also, CanCon, amazing place to hit the bargain bins. Oh, my gosh. I think last year I picked up about $700 worth of board games and X-Wing and Legion for under 200 bucks. It was... I mean, wow. Horizon, I still haven't even opened up. Yeah, no, I, I bought into <laughs> the Horizon board game, spent like... We, we spent 220 bucks for what would normally be about $800 worth of Horizon. It, it's nuts. I haven't even opened three of the boxes yet. I've still got three out of my eight boxes still closed. Uh, and then finally, see, uh, sorry, Pads, did you find that Armada detail quickly yet? Yeah, it is Saturday, Sunday for Armada. So you could theoretically play into X-Wing and then into another game like, you know, Armada or Excellent. Legion. Wonderful. So you can take your little X-Wing, dock it in your capital ship and then keep going through Saturday, Sunday. Um, exactly. And then finally, our C4 Legion event. It is going to be Imperial March. We are still thinking about the tail end of this name. I like a couple of names, one of which is Rise of the First Order. Name pending. 2nd of March, the date is pending. We do need to clear things with the club and get approval for the space. Um, so please just keep an eye on that. It will be $20 a player, 20 player cap. So there will potentially be three people undefeated at the end of the day but the idea is it is not a store kit it is a casual event and it is just for our players going to worlds to get some casual reps in but it's also for our casual players to get their feet back in the pool again after having time off so really looking forward to that seeing all those familiar faces seeing what sort of nutty stuff people have come up with after can con experiences and their world open qualifier experience um yeah, it's always great. That 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 period of March is always really good, isn't it, guys? Where, where you're leading mm. into a, a world open fire, especially if you're surrounded by even just one person who's going. Some of the things that come out of the woodwork is just nuts. Um, yeah. Pabs and I experience it with X-Wing heavily. Yeah, you know, people trying lists that may or may not be, you know, taking against how the meta is going, but certainly, you know, even being in the different chats for Armada and people... Theory crafting, there's been a, a fair number of errata for Armada commanders or admirals from the last uh, print and play that they released. So there's a lot of excitement around building something a bit unusual and getting some reps or, you know, finding some secret source. And there's a few suggestions or those funny 
gifts that people post about what they've been building. I there's also been a bit of chat about potential, you know, updates from AMD for some of the systems like Xwing just before Worlds, just to sort of shake it up or add a bit of new spice. Given that there there might be a you know cardboard pack release, so it's a very exciting time. They're lead up to any Worlds and award qualify and the worlds uh, shortly after the states for those who are fortunate to go so very mm. very nice time to be gaming in any one of these systems let alone more than one yeah on that on that note too just very quickly before we move into a new segment um i'd just like to thank the guys who actually came back from worlds last year and brought me a whole bunch of like new new stuff that they just picked up off prize tables because they had doubles of it it was really really nice i was um i was sitting in the hospital the exact week that Worlds started because my son was born and was watching everyone's results really really eagerly and then they all swung by to, to say hi to my my new son shortly after they got back and one one guy comes through and he got the the uh, he got one of those entry packages or whatever, and it had the Daimyao, uh Boba Fett. He's like, here, you can just have it. You haven't got it yet. Take it. And then someone else came through and gave me some some really slick movement tools from the 2022, uh, what was supposed to be the 2022 World Qualifiers, but because of, you know, unfortunate circumstances, it never got to occur. So they had this overflow of templates, and I got a set of them because one of the guys was keeping an eye out for me. So that was wonderful. And, um, yeah, just to show the camaraderie between people playing systems together yeah now we have a new segment Ooh. after our christmas special last year i felt very very inspired by the idea of quizzes and the idea of seeing how much our hosts really know about the things that they talk about or the things that they're passionate about and I thought it would be a great opportunity for our listeners to play along at home, especially because our regular podcast is also a PG podcast. We do have limits on course language. It allows, if you're listening to this in the car on the way, dropping the kids off to school, they can play along too. Not a problem. Now, here's how it's going to go. We're going to have five questions each week. Habs and Nick are going to play off against each other. If for any reason one of them is unavailable for the quiz that week, we will attempt to get in a guest host. That person will play as a proxy for the person they are covering for. At the end of the year, we will have a tally of who has won the most quizzes. There are 25 oh, yeah. weeks worth of potting this year. We'll get to that later. And that means there will definitely be a winner because it's an odd number. Now, each question may or may not have a taboo answer. That answer what? is the answer that is there because you are not paying attention to things and you are not thinking properly. Okay. So for example, if I was to ask you the question of in return of the Jedi, what color was Luke's lightsaber? If you said blue, that would be taboo because it was not blue in return of the Jedi. It was green. Okay. It was blue in a new hope. And in uh, The Empire Strikes Back. So that would be an example of taboo. In response to a taboo, I will say the word McClunky and you'll get a negative one for the quiz on that one. And yes, you can go into negative points as well. So keep that in mind. Let's see if you can get the best in negative points, Pabs. Let's go. I figure that we're both going to be ending up negative, negative territory. Yeah. <laughs> 
your names are your buzzers, guys. Okay, so if you know the answer, buzz in. I will give you five seconds to give me the answer. If you can't give it to me within five seconds, it passes straight to the other guy. He gets five seconds as well. If no one gets it, no points. Okay. Any questions before we start? Not a question. This is a statement. I should probably watch some extra stuff going ahead. <laughs> I will tell you right now, in terms of screenplay, I am not going to try to step too far outside of the actual movies. I don't want right, to step too right far thing. outside of yeah. any, any movies. In terms of individual series, it's only going to be applicable if that character is within one of our tabletop games also. No, that's okay. Uh, all right, so first question. In Legion, mm. what is the cost of an arc unit containing four minis and sonic imploder grenades? Four minis. <laughs> so this is a normal arc unit because it's not a strike team. That's correct. The one with four minis. Stop I... Googling it up. Come on, I'm going to give you this. <laughs> I'm going to give you five Thanks. seconds to answer this one now because, yep. It is 80 points. Incorrect. Flanders, you have seventy-five. Five seconds to answer. Incorrect. It uh, is 69. The 69. core unit is 66. The core unit is 66, according to Fifth okay. Trooper, and the voters are three points. Um... All right, second question. That's off to a great start. Let's go negative points. <laughs> math. Math. This math. is a good one. I expect someone to get this right. How many times was the scene from episode four between Han and Greedo altered? Flanders. Once. Yep. Once. Incorrect. Oh. on you. Three times? No, close. Four. Oh, so in total, oh, five, five scenes, including the original. The original scene was in the 1977, okay? But there was so much smoke, you couldn't actually see what was going on. And that was why they took the opportunity to ah. keep changing it. In 97, they changed it to Greedo <laughs> shot first. In 2004, they minimized the margin between Greedo shooting before Han and Han shooting after Greedo to look a little more simultaneous. Wow. Or close to simultaneous. 2011, they made them both shoot twice exactly. And 2019, they inserted the phrase McClunky. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. I thought it was at I least actually twice. knew all that before I looked it up. <laughs> um, all right. So we're on our third question. We're still on zero points. This is terrible. You better get this one. What were the first words ever spoken by a Jedi in the Star Wars movies? First, I know you can't Google this one, so this is good. I'm I'm stumped. I Flanders. Is it, I know him, it's me? No. Damn it. Pabs. First word spoken by a Jedi. Does it count if it's a Jedi if it's gone to the Sith? 
<laughs> I guess not. That's the whole point. Because uh, he's a stiff. You can now talk around because I've already put my answer out. So I'm going to give you three I, more seconds, perhaps. Come on. I don't know. I, I was going to go the same line that Flanders went with, and yeah, I'm stumped now. Go. There's a line before. Any other quote? Just any other quote? Come on. Hey there. Ho there. Hello there. Hello there. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh my God! I just remembered the scene. All right. <laughs> So, the first time a Jedi speaks is when Obi-Wan rescues Luke after he gets knocked out by the Tusken Raiders. And he looks over at R2-D2, reveals his hood and goes, hello there. Um, Luke said, he then says the line that you said, Flanders, later on when Luke comes to in his little hut. Oh, goddammit, so I was one line off. You were not, you were literally only about 60 seconds off in the movie, to be honest. You uh, weren't far off at all. Yeah, I was just <laughs> like, I know it's Obi-Wan, but I don't know. Because Luke technically was on right at that point. Next one. This one's a little more setting concrete. I promise you there is absolutely no taboo answer to this one, so don't be scared. In X-Wing, what chassis can take the most hits before being destroyed? Cabs. Yep. Is it the uh, VCX 100? No, incorrect. By chassis, do you mean like a type of ship that so has this different was, builds. Yeah, it's 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 the ship itself. It was to negate any pilot abilities where people could say, "Oh, but I can cancel hits with this, and therefore I can take more." And that's that's like, any no. size <laughs> ship, isn't it? Any chassis in X-wing. Oh well, I'm talking normal X-wing, not epic X-wing, obviously. Um, Otherwise, I would say epic. What's that? When Pads realizes the answer, he's going to kick himself. I don't. I don't remember the name of it. It's that really big it's Mandalorian, <laughs> that big Mandalorian fighter one. I you want to go know. with? You want to go with the gauntlet? Yeah, sure. Incorrect. All it's right. the decimator. Sixteen. It's got six. Oh, it's got, okay. uh, four, four shield, twelve hull. The VCX has four shield and ten hull, and the gauntlet has nine hull and two shield. At least I can Oof, kind of answer okay. that question. <laughs> So Pabs is ahead. Now this is one that is a bit even for both of you. Okay. Um, so if we get this one, we'll have to go to a tiebreaker and we'll have to just make it up on the spot. <laughs> um, which two iconic Star Wars characters are due to be released into Shatterpoint on the same day that CanCon begins? Pabs. Yep. Is it Jedi Luke and R2-D2? Flanders, you take a stab. If you do better, you can get the points. Is it Jedi Luke <laughs> and his box? And is it Vader and the Stormtroopers? It is Vader, yes, it is. I would have given it to Pabs if you said anything less than Vader. Um, and it's Bartu D2. Thank you, Pabs. <laughs> He's the bartender in that one. Okay, so Bartu D2. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, now you guys give are left an on the spot question. Do it. Okay, I've got it. All right, that was quick. In The Phantom Menace, how many engines drive the pod racer piloted by Quadranero? Oh, God. Flanders. Oh, it was Quadranero. Yep. Okay. Four. Yep, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I only realized it after I answered it, that Quadranero being four was his name, so that's it. 
That's oh, why I was like, this time. is a nice tricky little question here, but it's it's gonna work. Now I'm perfectly. seeing what the pod race the the pod is in my head. Now I need to look what look up what it is, because if it was right, then that's funny. <laughs> well, while you're doing that, thank you very much, guys. That's our first set. Uh it was a little bit longer because we we're explaining the rules, etc. It will be shorter in the future. But for now, it's time to get into view my unit. <laughs> All right, we are going with the ARC Troopers today. We are going with the squad, so the four mini ARC Troopers. They are 66 cost. They can, they can take a heavy unit, a talent. They can take comms, they can take two tech, and they can also take a grenade. They run Impervious, Scout 2, Sharpshooter 1, Tactical 1. They have Combat Training as their melee with one black, one white. A DC-17 Hand Blaster at range 1 to 2 with one black, one white. And a DC-15A Blaster Rifle at range 1 to 3 for one black. They also have Red Saves. No Surges on Saves or Shots. They have one Health per Mini and two Courage. Speed 2. Now, as a person diving into Gar at the moment, I... Didn't even actually do this on purpose. I, I did a random roll on the Space Viking page and these guys came up. So I was like, okay, it's fate. So <laughs> these guys, their most common heavy upgrades, well, the only heavy upgrades they got, they got the DC-15X Arc, Arc Trooper. That's a range one to five. Red, black, dice, immune deflect with lethal one. So spend an aim to gain pierce one in that dice pool. They can also run Echo, who is a limited upgrade. Range 1 to 5, 2 red dice, 2 health. He gets Reliable 1 when added to a unit. He becomes the unit leader. And he also has Critical 1, Lethal 1, and Immune Deflect. So a little bit of a Jedi killer there, I suppose. Uh, and then 5s. Range 1 to 3, 3 black dice, 2 health. And you get to increase your courage by 1. And you also gain a Coordinate Clone Trooper. And 5s also becomes your unit leader. Um... These guys can punch. I've, I've I've been around these guys before, um, and especially when you can tee off your fire support properly with your surrounding units, if you can get to that range one to two, um, it's it's just crazy. It, it really does hurt. That that black white after playing scout troopers in Empire before with full squads when I was playing with Tempest, that black white even when they're not surging, is is nothing to laugh at, to be perfectly honest. The Scout 2 really, really helps with certain objectives, especially things like when you're playing um, Recover Supplies or um, Sabotage the Vaporators. It allows you to get out there and action everything you need to do to earn points early, fast, and then do what a 501st Army wants to do, which is sit back and wait for the enemy to be dumb enough to run at you. Because... Every turn they wait, your Anakin or your Yoda or someone is getting stronger and building up your army more and more. A 501st, to me, needs to be dealt with either quickly in a match or outlasted by somebody who maybe has long-range firepower or maybe can take an early early point in the game and doesn't mind sitting back and waiting. But, um, yeah, I feel like these guys got... I think it's a really, really well-balanced unit for the points that it is. I, I don't see any personal issues with it. It's got a lot of a lot of tools to solve a lot of problems. Um, 
Pabs, you, you play a bit of Gar yourself when you get into your Legion. Uh, um, how do you go with the Arc Troopers? Yeah, they're an interesting, well, they have, for me, have been an interesting unit in that, you know, the heavies that you can bring with are usually sort of in other squads, both bolstering those sort of phase ones. So, like, you don't tend to have big heavies in this. It's usually the strike team or a sort of a naked uh, arc team, maybe with some jetpacks in order to make them, you know, really maneuverable. Although, you know, terrain height in Legion isn't as probably a... There's not as much as a mix as it should be possibly in, in a lot of maps or a lot of uh, setups. So I've always felt there are a little, you know, squishy without their surging ability on their dice, either, you know, offensively or defensively. So specifically, you know, sort of misplacing them, which I have the last night tend to die. But yeah, they're, they're pretty good. I do like them. I do think that they fit in the gar mold and some of the first, you know, good options promoting that um but uh, yeah it's been a little while for me to sort of really get a handle how to think the current matter how they're going um i haven't really been keeping up to that degree yeah how about you nick what, what's your experience been either with or against them i've only played f uh gal once where i had them but i wasn't very good at it because i had coming from an empire play to playing gar is very different because you have to have everything clumped together to be able to take a share properly, and I couldn't wrap my head around it. But versing Gar, I've unfortunately got a lot of experience running my head into Jared's Gar lists and never had any success whatsoever. I think I've got like a, a negative 50 <laughs> loss streak against Jared or something. <laughs> um, they're good. I've had a lot of experience with him running full teams of arcs, and I've also had a lot of experience with him just running strike teams, and they're very good. Even if you manage to get them to sit backfield to hold a back objective, get them to plink off armor uh, with double red at range five, or even being able to hold a mid uh, a midfield objective with their range two black white black right range two, as you said, just it really hurts. Anything that's close range that's at least not double white does hurt a lot. And if you also do add on situational awareness to them, even for just the extra four points, it does make them stupidly good at being able to survive. It increases their survivability a lot, just being able to dodge crits away by dodge shield. Yeah. And it's it's <laughs> ridiculous. But even when you um, do add on the standard DC 15 that you're going to add in, you're probably also going to have Echo in at least one of your um, squads, whether it's going to be an Arc Trooper team or a strike, strike team. But also because Fives comes in the Arc Trooper archetype, you can also put Fives, typically most people don't, but you can put Fives in a Clone Trooper squad to be able to bounce orders out of someone else. And that's also very advantageous mm. for a guard player. So... Overall, I think it's a very strong unit, especially in a 501st archetype in particular for that battle force. I think it I think it's an excellent unit. Yeah. And that's that's one thing I'm coming across at the moment as well. Like sharpshooter one, the tactical one, you can move into that spot to essentially just get that better shot, get that line of sight on a unit. And even if you're running, like you said, the DC fifteen, the the, the basic long range unit. It's a red and a black. 
with an aim already. So you are either rolling a hit into no cover, depending on how your sharpshooter affects it, or, or straight crit, and you're getting pierce one as well. Like pierce one with sharpshooter one at range five is nothing to be laughed at. It, it, it will chip away at your army very slowly to a point where you may not want to move units forwards because let's just put it this way. Someone has a, a four unit, a four mini unit worth of stormtroopers with one heavy unit on there as well. Okay. Longest gun a stormtrooper unit can get in a standard list, not in one of these um, remnant archetypes, etc., is range four. So it gives you range one of time to plink at least one guy away. If you plink one guy away for the first two turns out of whatever unit your arcs shoot against and you just try to spread damage a little bit to plink them down, it means when they get to that range two, whatever Jedi you have is about to destroy them. As soon as they get to that range three, range two, your list, if you've preserved yourself and been patient like you need to be as a guard player, you are, you are ready to decimate them. And I, I've never experienced anything other than getting absolutely mopped across the floor whenever I've gotten to range three or within range two of a guy unit. They've just, I've gone from confidence, 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 because I'm plinking units away to what just happened. My world has finished. The whole game just went on its head because I didn't realize that that distance between me and them was my weapon was the fact that I wasn't going to get destroyed because I was keeping the distance. So, yeah. Uh, overall, I think it's a great unit. I think it's balanced. Um, the upgrades are great. I think the concept that it doesn't take a standard mini is great because these arc troopers were supposed to be, like, top-notch, rapid response, like, get-every-job-done type thing. So they need just the heavy spot, essentially, because they are supposed to be that upgraded version of whatever other trooper exists so yeah i think thematically they fit uh overall i can't wait to play them this year to be honest i'm, I'm pretty keen on it so nice. yeah. anything else to add fellas yeah i just think that they're, they're an excellent elite unit in general um they're very good anti-armor for they're, mm. they're very good anti-red saves army in particular they're very good um counter to empire in particular unfortunately i have mm. the experience to say that <laughs> so do i that's why i've made the move um <laughs> anyway so that is view my unit over and done with we're going to move into our topics now uh i'm going to start us off first things first so new structure for the year guys all right and this is a quick touch base for the pod where we're going to be for the year now last year was pretty hectic for us as an admin we ran far more events than we went into the year planning to do because we wanted to make sure we gave everyone everything we thought they wanted. Uh, and from what we could tell, all our events were taken well by people. We got some feedback, but overall events were taken really well. The pot also then chips in. If you, if you think about it this way, guys, um, you know, the admin group will spend anywhere between uh, 11 to 14 hours, depending on the people and their travel, on a tournament day at the Central Coast Leagues Club just running the tournament for everyone to take part. Anywhere between 11 to 14 hours. And then they go into a Monday night, run a pod, and then someone does the editing that week as well, and then someone sets it up for the release. So, yeah, it, it does tend to chip away. So we were having a bit of a chat 
And we had some episodes last year where we were even scratching our heads at content as well. And we figured, you know what, instead of looking for content when there's not much out there, maybe we'll just reduce our frequency of episodes, maybe increase the length of the episodes a little bit, but change the frequency. So we're going to be shifting to four nightly episodes. So we're only going to be doing it once every two weeks. Uh, the goal in between those weeks is that either I will be uploading some videos to our Patreon channel to cover them and keep their fixes going uh, for my journey of building terrain, because I am planning on building my Legion table up this year. I've got a whole bunch of gear ready to go. Um, I've glued a couple of things together that need to be pre-glued so that I can at least do some stuff in the first uh, episode and explain how I want my table. So a little bit of like some, a mini series, so to say of me building my own table. That'll be for our Patreon guys. I'll be putting that up on their Patreon channel. Um, we're also going to be looking at running more varying segments. So rather than just always view my unit, as you can see today, we've brought in the quiz, the Custis quiz, okay, for our host to battle it out across the year. We're also going to be doing less, shift, less shifting of hosts. So the three you've got today, we're it. If one of us is unwell or uh, we have a guest, we still will get guests on. Uh, someone might step out just so that we don't have too many voices in the mix. Okay. But overall, what you're seeing right now is pretty much what to expect. We've got a good mix between us. We've got experience in all of the game modes that we cover on the pod on a regular basis, plus a lot of board game experience. So I think it's going to be a really, really good mix. Um, also, would love it if you guys have any requests for video content at all please let us know because it is on our little mini to-do list on the side to start to populate the c4 youtube channel yes we actually have one apparently there is a recording up there pabs from like a really really long time ago in a galaxy far far away um and yeah it was a test it was there just to see whether it worked it's still hanging around <laughs> So yeah, I only found out on the weekend that we have a YouTube channel. So while we do have the Flaming Penguin, unfortunately he is moving overseas and we would love to keep our YouTube uh, content running. So if you have any requests for video content whatsoever, please let us know because we will happily do our best to either meet your demands or at least compromise and do something that we know we can do well and get it up there for your viewing pleasure. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you have any suggestions for segments for us or suggestions for episode content, please throw them to us. Let us know because we would rather give you what you want than tell you what you need, okay? It is not about us telling you what you need. It's about us giving the audience, you, our listeners, what you want, okay? The customer is always right, okay? Uh, and that's me. New structure done. All finished and done, 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 done. Pads, I believe you have the reins from here. Yes. So wanted to start the year off with possibly a version of history or reminding us why we're here, why we do what we do and why you might be listening out there and enjoying our content. Listen, if you've been along with us for the journey the whole time, this will be a bit of a trip down nostalgia lane or memory lane i think is the actual phrase i was looking for there <laughs> but uh 
but yeah, we wanted just to obviously talk about you know season two while we're here, what we're doing. So, what is our thing? Our thing is gaming. Our thing has been gaming the whole way through. We started off in, as an idea of coming together to have some fun in some other people's spaces, and it just led to where we are today, which is running significant amount of events for every season that we can possibly get in, even some extra ones that's going to pop up along the year and possibly will pop up this year. But we just love these games, right? Curtis and Nick, this is why we travel, why we hang out. Obviously, the people you meet along are a big factor of that. But fundamentally, it's these games that, you know, to a degree, you want to show up. Like when people come around to my house and I've got some stuff in my cabinet, uh, behind me here and they have a look and they go and they go what's this and I haven't talked to them and even some unusual audience uh, uh, sorry some unusual enthusiasm from different audience people come around my you know auntie sort of was homebound for a while she's like what was this and like oh that's you know a game called Amara and she was like oh my god tell me about this we had this full conversation about it she hasn't played I'm not saying she's gonna jump into Amara but you know there is a thing that grabs people you don't even realize they may not know the law the ships the reason why they even exist on your table right but you can find commonality with people who's like oh my god there's a game you can actually play around these things and i find that really you know rewarding in that sense right yeah 100 percent. i mean like I've, I've said it before on pods i got into it because i needed something uh, life got turned upside down from an injury I was really, really sporty. I needed something to keep me occupied and it might introduce me to Armada. I did not continue playing Armada. I instead played X-Wing because time-wise, it was easier to play with my wife. So my wife knows how to play X-Wing. She knows how to play Shatterpoint, all of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, before that, lots, lots of different board games, really. Um, for some reason, my family and friends hit a point where they thought that I was a Monopoly fiend. I have 12 different versions of Monopoly in my cupboard. I've only played three of them, uh, including the original in that three. Um, and I don't know how that started. But as soon as that happened, I thought, you know what? I like board games, but I'd like to play different board games. I think the first big board game, like complex board game I played, was um, a board game, uh, it was Game of Thrones, the Conquest one, where you set up your map almost like Risk, you set up your armies, let's go, battle it out, earn some points, all that sort of stuff. That was probably my first complex board game. And I think as soon as I played that, I was kind of hooked. I, I couldn't think about playing much else, to be honest, and that started the journey. And yeah, now I sit down to play something like Twilight Imperium for the very first time on the weekend and it doesn't feel confusing in the slightest because all the different board games I've played, all the different people I've played with, all the different experiences, I just have all those tools to just understand things and be able to get along with everyone because it makes sense. So you prepared yeah. for the moment. As prepared as I can be until War Sun just rocks up next to me into a into a Supernova. <laughs> he didn't turn oh, your that's... stuff into a sun, though. Was that your slice or was that Adam's yeah. slice? 
No, it was Adam's slice. Yeah, it was Adam. It was Adam's slice. Tip of Adam's slice. (laughs) For those of you unaware, we um, we were supposed to have a C4 admin day last year, and we had to kindly donate that back to the community so that we could run one of our Legion uh, store kit championships. So we finally called back up and did our admin day, and we decided to play TI. So there may be some banter going around over the next month or two about. Uh, certain admins picking on other admins and all that sort of stuff around the TI table. <laughs> but overall, it was it was a great day. I really enjoyed Not it. One. It was a great first game for me. Loved it. Um, points for whatever listener can turn around and figure out who the goblin is, who the goblin king is out of the C4 admin team. We're not going to give you any hints, but yeah, see if you can figure it out. So yeah, that's my background in games is that sort of stuff. How about you, Nick? Yeah, mine mine started very young. Um, I got into war games at... It was either when I was 10 or 11. My oldest stepbrother had always played Warhammer 2nd and 3rd edition, and I was always around it, but never knew much about it. And then towards the tail end of primary school, um, he kindly, kindly donated his stuff to his younger brother, and my younger stepbrother then donated the crappy stuff that he had to me. So... I benefited from that, and I've been wargaming since I was very young, and I've been around multiple communities, multiple Warhammer communities in particular, but I then dabbled into Legion, I think it was 2018 or 2019, then COVID happened and I had to sell some off, and then I got back into it at the beginning of last year. But I've also got a very deep history of board games for at least the last 11 or 12 years. I wanted to do some board games with some friends. And they're like, surely there's something better than just playing Monopoly or Risk or playing Cards Against Humanity all the time because this is boring. So I went and at the time I thought this board game is ludicrously expensive. Who would pay 80 bucks for a game called Catan? So I bought it and absolutely loved it and fell in love with it and then a month later i then was like well this game seems a bit better it's also 80 dollars so i bought talisman fourth edition and i absolutely love that game too and as i always describe to people i said if you like monopoly but you don't want to play monopoly play talisman is equally as long if not longer and very basic and a lot better (laughs) so I've got a extensive board game library. Um, I've got five bookshelves worth of board games out in my lounge room at the moment, all stacked full mm. of stuff, and it keeps growing, and it doesn't stop. I've got two roommates at the moment playing a board game on the kitchen table, and <laughs> I can't participate right now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's very much part of my life. It's like Curtis said, is that he needed something to do because he had an injury. I've always been a part of it because it's, it's just been a secondary part of who I am. But like I've mentioned in a previous pod, it does wonders for my mental health. I, there's a lot of discussion these days about loss of a third place that people have in, in community spaces, you've got, you got your home, you've got your work, and then there's a third place. And the third place was typically always community places that people would meet. I only get that third place when I go to these gatherings with C4 squad, or we do Wednesday night games at the league's club, or we have our admin day that we had on the weekend. That is my third space. And it does wonders 
for me personally. So, yeah, yeah, hundred mm. percent. I mean, I remember that moment when um, you know, I found the first you know external board game outside of the the traditional one. I went like, oh my god, I can't believe this! I've never heard of this game or played this game. You know, I've been playing Scrabble Monopoly and you know some other crappy games. I mean, there was that moment when you know cards. Are Cards Against Humanity was at every single house party I went to for like two years. Just yeah. everyone's like, we're going to play now. Cards Against Humanity it was hilarious until you got to know all the different cards and just became kind of boring that way. Um, but yeah, like I played Azul, which is like this tile placement game for the first time. That was my first external. I love and I, you know, it's just a classic to get into. But that is us. That is uh, some background. For the pod or for C4 or for Rounds Are Up, we are obviously focused as the intro. No doubt everyone caught that. AMG focused. So we're talking about obviously X-Wing Legion, Shatterpoint and Armada. But what's what's also quite nice because it's FFG and FFG used to do X-Wing, Armada and Legion is TI. TI has become a significant part of what we are planning to do, what we bring to the community. Uh, as uh, Nick was so importantly pointing out about, we are giving our time and our effort to obviously bring this community together and run events and try and help people have the same enjoyment out of these uh, systems and games. But yeah, probably those minis games and now TI has a mainstay for the C4 team. I obviously started X-Wing and it has a very special place in my hand, in my heart for for that first minis game and in a way it's sort of that easy entry minis game in that you don't have to build you don't have to paint you buy you play obviously learn some rules at some point but that is it and that's why it's kind of my you know fundamental system but i also while not being good at any of the building and painting things can appreciate the the hobbyist nature that is so central to you know, the, that part of the community as well, right? You know, even people who are X-Wing and are from that hobbyist communities, you know, area will repaint and remod them in a way that they like, or put them on magnets or put them on special stands, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, to the pod, we're going to bring in both. We're going to bring in the games and what we do around those games, right? You know, Nick, your long history with 40K, obviously that hobbies aspect is still very crucial to what you spend your time with. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's very much that hobbying aspect is never going to leave, regardless of whatever gaming system or war game I go to, because it's just it's very much ingrained in who I am. Um, I will always be a part of it. I've now also added recently, just before Christmas, I decided to delve into X Wing, courtesy of Habs here teaching me for two weeks in a row teaching me how to play it and i mentioned it to him on the weekend while playing ti as he sat next to me as my space neighbor and literal neighbor that i've not stopped thinking about x-wing since before christmas because it is all i'm thinking about right now because it's a new exciting game system to me and i like it I know, boss. I know, oh, yeah. boss. so i think i will be attending hopefully at least one x-wing event this year and i'm very excited to do it but i am very much on the ti uh hype train i'm now part of on now jumped on the x-wing one i'm very heavily into legion i still dabble in 40k in the background but that's primarily what i do right now 
Curtis, uh, you're feeling the Legion, obviously, at the moment with the fiber first and jumping to clones, but obviously, you know, you're world breath in X-Wing and, you know, into the board games as well. How was, we'll, we'll, go, we'll stay on the outside, but how was your first TI experience? TI was good. It was, um, honestly watched like a, a 30 minute intro to TI and then there were like faction guides up everywhere online on YouTube. And that really, really helped. I, I, I didn't even watch the entire video or of any of them. I think I probably spent like 40 minutes maximum prior to playing TI watching that stuff. And it was not that hard. There was, there was a couple of points in time where, you, you know, you ask someone at the table who knows more about the game, Hey, the wording on this card, mm. does it mean I'm allowed to do this or that? But that's in every game you play. It doesn't matter what you play every game. There's always a wording thing to do with like how a card is written or whatever, to make sure you're clear about how it works. But yeah, TI overall. Honestly, it's, it's not a massive learning curve. I've played a lot of FFG games and I can see how all the systems overlap in some of their core mechanics um, and how they run. So I think that's probably why. I, I would say a third to a half of my cupboard of board games is FFG <laughs> at its core. So that's probably why it felt a little natural because I could feel that core value and that core mechanic behind it but uh yeah i definitely wouldn't mind getting into ti i wouldn't say i'm bringing ti to the pod currently but i can now associate with make comments and understand what people are talking about um see me at the end of 2024 and i'll let you know if i'll come further so but uh Ooh. in terms of like yes absolute all value yeah so yeah we go um core values like x-wing was my first uh it's always my go-to because i just know it and as long as I have a list that I understand, I can just pick it up, walk to the game shop and enjoy a game, even if I get trounced, um, which is happening a lot because all our opponents are in world qualifier mode, aren't they, Pads? And they're highly competitive people. Like <laughs> two thirds of the people we play against have either been to Worlds and, and done quite well or been part of the World Team Championships. Like they had to qualify for their nation's team and mm -hmm. play against other teams from around the world. So they had to have been in the top seven people that applied to play for their country. Like honestly, top right is just an absolute pool of talent and it's so difficult to feel like you do well at the game when you're playing against people of that caliber week after week after week after week but you just got to remind yourself how good they are and that comparing to them all the time is not the best way to gauge yourself wait until you play against other people and then you know how good you've become oh yeah uh, think about the experience you gain from it oh yeah yeah and make sure you listen i spent a bit of time where i was hearing them but i wasn't listening to them like, because it didn't make sense. And then when I started knowing what they oh, were yeah. talking about, I started listening properly and processing it. Um, Legion I bring, Shatterpoint I bring. Um, I'm heavy into, probably the heaviest ones are X-Wing, Legion, Shatterpoint. TI, I can now associate with. <laughs> so that's what I'm bringing. Uh, I like that. It's like, you know, you're going you're gonna to be an associate TI person on the pod. Uh, you know, not, prof not professor status. But uh, you actually mentioned I'm, the, I'm the trainee. I'm, I'm that little guy that's like scrubbing yeah. decks. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, in the TI space, we're all fairly trainee compared to someone who plays TI twice in a week. Uh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, Adam Brown. 
But um, <laughs> twenty yeah. hours of TI in one week. Holy cow! Yeah, there there is there is a certain level of commitment there that is impressive and scary at the same time. I don't get that much that... sleep in a week. <laughs> but you actually touched on something that's very important for me for this year, which is actually spending some time to, like, I, majority of the casual games that I play, which is obviously a lot of them, whether they're in X-Wing Armada or Legion, uh, and TI, obviously, is is less of a thing of, like, decon deconstructing your games. But certainly for these minis games where I'm playing people who are usually playing much more high level competitiveness than I am uh, yeah it's important for me this year to actually sort of spend that bit of time discussing the game after not just going oh I need to bounce because I've got to drive X amount of time to get home from top ride for example or you know go grab a bunch of you know, family members who need to be picked up or whatever I'm, I'm you know I'll probably still have that but there are even times where I'm like I have the time and I just like oh I might as well just roll and leave, you know people alone to a degree so yeah one of my important things this is actually to spend some time more analyzing or deconstructing post-game um in those friendlies where you sort of like i could have done this what do you think or you know the list building aspects of it where i will sort of just go with what i have handy rather than actually considering outside the box what i have might be able to borrow might even sort of try like i've never actually flown a first order list or a resistance list so you know you borrow stuff and actually try things uh, new this year in x-wing Legion, I just need to get a game in at some point. Um, I'm sure I can manage that as a pretty easy goal, but I'd actually like to sort of start actually, sort of start actually, actually start doing some stuff in Legion again that I haven't been doing, which is essentially starting with the hobby side again, actually getting used to maybe building some stuff that's sitting in my drawer of shame, not pile of shame. I'm not that bad. I'm not big of a guy on building, but yeah, <laughs> building some stuff with my kids and, you know, letting them muck around with uh, some of the Legion stuff as well. So. I'm looking forward to that sort of different aspect for this year. Yeah, for me, it's, um, oh yeah, Nick, you go. Yeah, Nick. Nick, you go. Um, <laughs> Get back from your board game at the table. I That's think... why you haven't got your camera on. We know you're playing at the same time. Yeah, I can't help it. Um, <laughs> I think basically all I want to do is I just want to kind of obviously be a bit more learned in X-Wing, learn a bit more. Um, become more familiar with the game system because I really do enjoy it. Um, at least attend one X-Wing event, as I mentioned before. I want to try and improve my playstyle for Legion a bit more. Um, I have I was very happy with how I went at Moab, being my first ever two-day event and placing 3-2. I didn't expect that because I've only ever gone one and three at one-day events, before, uh, one and two at one-day events. So um, hoping at CanCon I at least go 3-2. If, if I don't, I understand it because it is, is a much more high caliber event. There's a lot more on the line, but that's pretty much it for me. I've, I don't really think I'm going to be able to do much in terms of the hobby side. Um, I don't really have a, not a lot of hobby space at the moment. And to be honest, I don't enjoy painting as much as I used to. So <laughs> that's pretty much it for me. I think the reason I'm enjoying my painting is because I've got the Shatterpoint minis. They're the ones I'm putting my detailed time into. The Legion minis, I'm doing the Adam Brown special. I'm doing like a color code system for each squad. That's it. And maybe like a bit of black for their, their like jumpsuits underneath their armor or whatever. And that's that. I'm calling it a day. Um, that's how you're going to see my Legion armies from now on. They're going to be, be the Adam Brown special. If anyone's ever seen Adam's 
B2 units and how he sets up his droid army. He just does color codes on his units and just does a metallic base coat and just leaves it. Um, yeah, for me, I just want to try and get... I, I have two sides to my goals this year. I have hobby goals. One is I want to build um, my own table that I can use in both Legion and Shatterpoint. Um, I have ideas. Like I said, Patreon guys, you'll get to follow my journey. Other people, you'll get to play on it when it's ready. Um, and the other one is I want to get all my minis that I currently have in my house right now unpainted, painted before the end of the year. If anything I buy this year isn't painted by the end of the year, that's fine. I don't care. But I want to get the stuff in my house painted before the end of this year, which is on good track so far. In terms of gaming, um, my two main gaming goals, I just want to be able to play minimum and, you know, with a young kid, it can be hard. There's commitments with family and whatnot. I want to be able to play a minimum of two tournaments, two one-day tournaments uh, for each system I play, Legion X-Wing, Shatterpoint. Um, and I really, really want to attend, I hope to attend Moab, and I'd really, really like to be able to attend the next uh, World Open Qualifier because I've missed two in a row so far um, just due to, Paul lining up with dates, just personal commitments that I just cannot shift, like family birthdays. Um, so yeah, that's that's it there. And I want to improve my win rates. I want to finish in the top four in something that I go to. If I do that, it'll be the biggest finish I've ever had. Nice. That's pretty good. Nice. Which one's looking uh, the most likely at this point? Top foring no bleeding Legion. Legion was probably the one I <laughs> well, Legion was probably the one I improved the most in last year. I got to ninth out of eighteen last year, which was good. That was the best I've had so far. Shatterpoint, I haven't played a single tournament in Shatterpoint yet, so I have no idea. Who knows? I might turn up to a day tournament for Shatterpoint and actually be okay and get my goal out of the way in the first event for Shatterpoint. But um yeah, X Wing is a bit elusive. Um the community's very, very talented. In, in the Sydney region. So yeah, it, that, that's a difficult one to yeah. do. Um, they're friendly, but they're very talented. So, yeah. Well, actually, it gives me this, you know, idea about, you know, what I'd actually want to see um, for X-Wing this year, where we used to have sort of two modes to actually top a, a tournament these to be two tournament styles if you like this to be you know extended and, and hyperspace back in 2.9 days for x-wing and i thought i've always liked the idea that you could be you know th there was an extra path to get you through to you know worlds as they used to call it right there's like a flying way to path or whatever the hell it was to get there so i'd actually like that for like x-wing there where you could There'd be an event that was sort of just standard you know you know what is at the moment for objective but maybe there was another way to get high and even if it was slightly different maybe it was a version of hyperspace or limited like only standard loadouts or narratively somehow structured within some of the expansion packs so yeah i'd, I'd love to see that for for like tournament play for organized play for x-wing something that is not the current setup uh as a way of you know providing op and tournaments to to the player base and mm. give another option to actually compete in a different way what do you yeah. think, Curtis? Think that'll do it for me? Thanks for listening. Yeah, well, I mean, look, for me, and I've, I've had this discussion with someone before, for me, so I, I know our topic was about one system, 
but I'm going to just say one thing on my wish list, but this thing can cover all systems because it's actually, hmm. to me, I think it's easy. To me, I think it's easy. I, I don't know about how difficult it is at the top end, but to me, I think it's easy. What I'd love to see, and I think it could be a great idea, and if anyone hears this who actually thinks they have a bit of pull with AMG, just share a friendly email with them and say, hey, I had this great idea. I heard it on a podcast. I don't expect you to drop my exact name, but just be like, yeah, the, the rounds are up. The C4 guys made this, <laughs> no, made this no, idea. Said, do this. <laughs> let, them, let, them, let, them, let them host a World Open qualifier because they deserved it. Um, now, what I'd love to see is for the store kits, they're not very expensive. They're under seventy dollars. They're not very expensive now. From what I understand, store kits used to be like over one hundred and twenty, one hundred and thirty dollars. They used to have like movement templates or like proper acrylic dials and like all these whiz bang things in them for like X Wing, Legion, and all of them. I'm I'm not one hundred percent certain what they used to have in them, but I'm sure that they would have matched it. I would love to see as a first place prize in store kits. For X-Wing, it would be like a limited edition, like, ship of some sort. Like how they have the Plo Koon fighter and things like that that have been specially painted. Now, in X-Wing, that would be easy because they've already got the dies for these models. So, they can already cast the model. They just need to paint the custom paint job, which is not as hard as something like Legion or Shatterpoint. Where what they could do for their kits is have alternate sculpts that are limited edition, like the... Luke Skywalker from Hoth in Legion, okay, being a limited sculpt that was only earned or bought for eccentric amounts of money. And ramp up the kit price because it's a limited edition model that then maybe can be purchased specifically at, you know, particular cons or whatever at a limited number of releases or whatever, you know, and ramp the price up. Like really bump it up so the people are not just going to a store champs because, oh, look, there's a kit. Yay. Oh, look, there's a bobber card. Yeah, that looks cool. And then they're done. No, they're going because, oh, I already won these cards. But that model is mint. Must have. I reckon it could be a good move. I don't know how. I know that in Shatterpoint and Legion, it would be a little more difficult because they've got to make a different mold, um, which can be a bit expensive. But in something like X-Wing, I think it is potentially a lot more achievable to do something like that and gauge how fast people get excited about the system and the store kits by doing something like that. I think it's really unique. I think it's a try, but anyway, that's just me saying me. So yeah, that's what I'd love to see. I'd love to see like more hype around their store kits and something really, really special. Because if you've got to ramp the price up, if you've got something like that's the star of the kit, do it. Mm. How about you, Nick? What would you like to see? One of, uh, well, without without trying to just be like you stole my idea, um, that is something that I totally agree with with Curtis. Is that I I would like more unique things to be in prize supports because I I know that they're meant for it's meant to be very special. You're meant to get them in world qualifier things, or if you go to Adepticon, you go to Worlds and all that sort of stuff, and that's fine. But at least give it at least provide one to the greater community that can be provided to and at least obtained without only being 
behind an exclusive wall of you need to only get you need to win cancon and to therefore get a chance to be able to earn it how about you you win cancon or you you at least attend cancon and you have a chance at winning these things so there's at least one in australia for us or if there was one say if there was one hosted in sydney like those sort of things i just like those sorts of prize supports and alternate just extra support that they can provide the community because the community will always love that sort of stuff the legion community in new south wales is very very strong for legion and people will travel very far for events because they love the event they love the community and they just love playing the game and same it i'm pretty sure it is very very similar with x-wing and it is probably very similar with Armada. And I know that it is because our Armada event, we had a lot of people come from Canberra specifically for our event to attend an Armada event. People do it. So I, I 100% agree with Curtis. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. I think, I think that's, uh, no, <laughs> and that's uh, a good segue into, you know, what we are going to plan for the year coming up i think nick you've got some dates on that yeah so the rough idea for what's going to be coming up for c4 in 2024 is we do our new resident non-wargaming game is we all love ti we have a lot of community members that love playing ti we have a lot of people that own copies of ti so the idea is at the moment is that with our upcoming TI event sometime in February, we are planning it to at least run another one throughout the year, whether that's going to be in the middle or the latter half of the year. But we, we do want to try and squeeze in three this year, whether that is obtainable or not, we're not sure, but we do want to at least do two. We ran a lot of Legion events last year and our community was very happy with it. We did have, uh, I believe we had two kits last year and we wanted to, give back to the community we want to do at least three legion events this year we do want to scale it back a bit because as much as we like providing for the community and for the community to come together for us all of the admins also have lives and also can't continuously provide for the greater community at the same time there are also going to be other legion events that are going to be happening around at the moment, there is, the, like, for example, there is a Legion event going to be run the weekend before CanCon in Sydney. There's always events running down in Sydney, whether they're going to be um, at Hall of Heroes, or there might be one in Top Ride, or there might be one out in Western Sydney. They're around. We also have ones that are happening up in Maitland as well, at, at the Hunter Group up there. Like, it's, it's around. So... That's not exactly a, oh no, we're not going to be running heaps of events for Legion. It's just that our club in particular is just going to be running less Legion events this year because we want to be able to provide for everyone. Um, with that, we also want to at least run one X-Wing event. I'm probably going to be attending this one. Um, I totally agree with it it's we've the x-wing community in new south wales is quite extensive and there's also a lot of x-wing events that go along as well i believe um curtis might be able to talk more about this just quickly but there is also x-wing a large x-wing community in north ride that also do is it a league or is it something like that that happens yeah. up there too 
they they do a fortnightly league and they tie that with Shatterpoint as well. But you are correct that um, the X-Wing community legion as well. And I think people need to remember that last year the store kits were delivered late to Australia compared to the rest of the world. So we had um, requested our allocations, et cetera, to our relevant stores. Then our stores got those allocations, passed them on to us to be able to run events. Um, so everyone wanted to use their kits in one third of the time that every other country in Europe and the US was given to run their kits. And I think the, the poll that we took at one point on the TOs page for X-Wing, there was something just in the Sydney region to run between June and, you know, obviously a, a reasonable time in December just to run a store champs kit, I think they had something like 25 to 30 kits total um, to run across 24 weeks. So, yeah, that's just an example of why it felt so hectic last year. So, oh, yeah. um, there's always events, always events. So, um, I think, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're saying, I think when where you're going is... Um, there are events everywhere and it doesn't hurt to spread around the community and get to know new people, get to know new um, little meta pockets in your community as well for list building and, and things like that. And um, yeah, it's all about socializing. Oh yeah. Like I don't want to toot our own horn and say that we're a very big central hub between literally between the Sydney and Hunter region for Legion and X-Wing, but we did run a lot of Legion events last year just exclusively our club. There are a lot of people that are also running Legion events amongst and during. Yeah, exactly. Like it's this, there's a lot of love to go around for other war gaming systems and other clubs and whatnot that want to host these things. So we do want to have those. Uh, we do also want to have at least one Shadowpoint tournament as well. We did run two last year. We won. We ran one right after launch. I believe it was within a month of launch, and then we ran one at CoastCon as well, alongside our X-wing tournament. And from my understanding, is that the feedback that we got from that was relatively positive, and we do want to try and run another one as well. Yeah, yeah, and look, there is going to be adjustments for the year we're staying flexible obviously we haven't mentioned armada in there but there is always contingency involved in trying to support all the systems so yeah just keep on keep that in mind as you know we we announce stuff for the year because it still will be quite significant the commitment that we make to the, those systems yeah and it's, it's not so much that we um don't want to run events it's more we want to have more quality we we love running events. We love having the community together. We love the days, as I've said before, of just being able to get together and have fun. But we don't want to tarnish it by having running so many events and then just kind of fall fall on the wayside in terms of quality that we can provide because we might be burnt out. People might not be able to commit to it all the time. We just want to run less for more. And I think that's a good thing. I would rather have much higher quality events less than have more for less. Yeah, 100%. And I think everyone who is involved in tabletop gaming at some point understands the 
concept of wife points, whether they're wife point or husband points, doesn't matter, but we all get the idea. <laughs> and uh, they are limited. They don't grow on trees. We have to earn them. And if we're not at home enough to earn them, then we are, you know, going pro rata and that can be very dangerous for some people. So yeah, we need to understand that. But um, yeah, thanks for that roundup, Nick, for what we're expecting for 2024. Um, I think it's also important to remind everybody that um, when store kit allocations for the new season after March begins, um, when those allocations come out, we haven't actually included any of those potential store kit events in those numbers um, because we don't want to get people hyped up about them because we have no idea what's going to happen in Australia and we don't want to make promises we cannot keep. Okay, but... If we can run one, then it'll be a pleasant surprise. Moving on to listener questions. If you would like to write us a listener question, don't email us anymore unless it's a love letter to Adam. Okay. <laughs> um, we are only accepting love letters to Adam Brown in our roundsareupgmail.com. All listener questions though, please, please, please join our Discord. And we try to post up reminders about listener questions. And then we see like a tumbleweed roll across the server and literally every, it, it, it's, it's almost like every single channel just goes quiet on purpose so that people don't look like they're ignoring the fact that we asked for listener questions. Um, and then after the episode, after everyone knows that we've recorded the episode, all of a sudden the discord starts back up again. So it's really, really weird. But anyway, we got a handful of questions today and we're going to go through them. So we've got three core questions and we've got one short discussion topic at the end. Um, so first question is from our rookie chieftain, Johnny Wombat, Patreon member also. What do we expect to see at CanCon? Which faction will come out on top? Now, he's got this little line at the bottom. And I just want to address this because it's a community comment. Will LPG screw the pooch? Now, I'd like to address that really, really quickly. <laughs> they, they do what they're told is the problem. They do what they're told either by the convention that they're renting the space from or by the people that run their distribution. So I think we need to, yes, I know it's easy to blame somebody who is like the front man of whatever the problem is coming from. But I think we need to try and stop jumping on this bandwagon so heavily all the time and just take a breath, step back and be patient. Um, I, for one, am trying to do that a hell of a lot more because I noticed that it was becoming quite bad. And I think our community would, I think all the communities associated with games coming through that network would become a little more positive if they tried to breathe a little more than talk about the negatives. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, every now and then just let it go, you know, frozen, let it go. Um yeah, so factions. Uh, for me, CanCon, I am... Oh, jeez, this is difficult. Let me start with Legion, because it's probably the easiest one for me to make a comment about, because there's less factions in that than X-Wing. I reckon Legion, I can see... Oh, I'm tied between Empire and Gar. I reckon I can see an Empire list coming out on top of um, CanCon for Legion. I reckon I can also see an Empire list coming out of all 
trying to remember about the people I know that are high quality players and what sort of factions they like to fly at the moment for X-Wing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Empire for X-Wing as well. And then Shatterpoint, because I can't make comments about Armada. I don't know it well enough, unfortunately. Um, Shatterpoint. There's not really factions in Shatterpoint. So what I'm going to say is at least one of the primaries that will be involved in Shatterpoint for the winner, Vader. Vader is a monster in Shatterpoint at the moment, and I can just see him being part of that. I can see him being part of that. Now, remember, in Shatterpoint, they're playing it as the premium standard too. So they're playing four strike teams. You must play all four strike teams once across minimum once across all five rounds so you sit down opposite your opponent you see what strike teams they've got you know yours and then you secretly pick which ones you're going to play and reveal them to each other at the start of the match so yeah so vader is i'll pick vader and i'll, I'll say one other unit i reckon there's going to be um, i reckon there's going to be a secondary ob1 in there too so i'll pick two units that i reckon are going to be there because faction it's not really something easy to do for shatterpoint it doesn't work that way so but yeah uh, Nick, what about you? What's your I, expectations for uh, for what for you know? For Legion in particular, because that's what I'm going for and that's what I know the most about, I think on on a on a faction representation level, I think Empire's always going to be top because a lot of people just love playing Empire. But I think Gar's probably going to come out on top here. Uh, there's a lot of Gar lists going around at the moment that are just performing <laughs> very well. Whether that is going to be Anakin, um, Anakin Five Hundred First, or Yoda Triple Bark, or even just an Anakin Gunline, I think is just going to be excellent. So you're telling yes, me Steve is <laughs> not going to this tournament because, um, according to him, there are no good Gar players in Australia. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it comes. It, we it have comes that down on the podcast. You whether... said it last year. Yes, it depends if if um, Steve owns any gar models themselves and decides to pull them out <laughs> as a secret tech. But I I I personally think that there's going to be a high representation of Empire, but I think the gar players in particular are probably going to pull it out on top this time, unless we get a secret rebel tech with Cassian and Ahsoka or something. Then I don't I'm not sure. Yeah. I, can't, in the dark, I can't speak for X-Wing enough. Um, I, I, I like... Um, I like Scum, but I know that Scum isn't the best, but my second after that would be Empire, so I think Empire would be good. Mm. I have heard a lot yeah. and read into a lot about Vader, and I know that Vader is very good, so... Yeah, I think that's it for me. <laughs> Pab's all yours. I'm going to go very well and say that Gar is going to top all three systems, you know, yeah. outside of Shadow Point. I think there is enough of, you know, quality in each system for Gar that, that is very conceivable. Um, it's, there's been some interesting changes in Armada with Gar and that they, they re, they erupted the Anakin French and play that came out to make him a lot more interesting to play the thing it was before which was just sort of a, a monster in doing what was called salvo attacks but i think that 
they've reached a nice balance with what they've done with those errata points. And obviously they've, they also took a swing at the meta stables, which were the onagers, which is sort of this big super weapon type of uh, ship that was taking stuff off across the board. So I think guys have got an excellent chance in Amada. It is quality in X-Wing and it is quality in Legion. So my big thing is that guys going to sweep the tables at CanCon. Um, just, you know, this is, it'll be thematically nice for the Republic, for everybody. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Uh, yeah, so thank you, Johnny, for that question. Shuffling on to our next. Nick, this is your question. That is right. <laughs> um, this <laughs> is from a, a TNM pod uh, host, Mr. Cockles, <laughs> um, is asking, are any of us from down under sending a team to the WTC in Spain with uh, underneath says understandable if not um, I don't believe so the only C4 Spanian we had that was over there has I believe come back down under and is not overseas anymore so I don't believe so <laughs> we might have it depend mm. Uh, depending on the timing of it, I'm not sure if Royal Nick will be over there in, at that particular time, but, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes in particular. It's a bit of the stereotypical it's... issue, isn't it? As Australians playing these games, it, it always ends up in Europe and, uh, America really. And it, it, it does make it hard for people to commit to these high level tournaments, even if they're sort of on the cusp of it, like. I'd love nothing more than to give a last chance qualifier a go, but I'm not going to fly all the way to America just to test my luck to see if I can make the top cut at a last chance qualifier. It's yes. just too expensive and too difficult to do with a family, etc. Like, yeah. So it's, it's hard. I get it. I do understand the reasoning behind it, but it's hard. So, yeah. Fans, yeah. you got a question there. I had to black out some of it because it was irrelevant. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, question from Jeff Vader then. Part of your irrelevancy not going to be spoken about. But uh, he was basically, what do you think needs twerk, twerk, twerking? Yeah, we need to twerk. Sorry. Excuse me. We need, we need. <laughs> what do you think needs tweaking from the current rule set? Not Yunnan's actual core rules. Now, I don't know if you blacked out the bit where he mentioned which particular core rule set we are talking about, but. No, I'm no, no, going it was to... pretty broad. It was pretty broad? Okay, so I'm going to pick one and say I'm going to pick X-Wing as what I need, what I think needs tweaking from the core rule set. And I think part of the tweaking to X-Wing would be around the objective selection and having more objectives to make that maybe part of, you know, what you bring as an potential, like in essentially the version that exists in Legion and Armada, where there is a currently actual numbers in each game, but there are multiple objectives you can bring that will potentially come out in the game. And I think AMG obviously are very focused on having objectives in games and as part of their fundamental, you know, idea about how minis game should work. And while X-Men has four, it, at the moment, it feels, I think someone 
realistically tacked onto what X-Wing 2.0 was. So I think it needs to be more core, more options, more in-depth aspect of that part of the game that we deal with at the moment. But that's me. What about you, Nick? Have you got a favorite change you want for Legion or Shadow? I don't think so. I, I haven't put much thought into this one because there isn't anything that comes straight to mind in particular. Like, I could I could beat a dead horse and so le Legion cover and terrain rulings need to change. Everything's <laughs> heavy color. But it you've just got to accept that everything is heavy cover right now. Make sure that your ruling tables in particular do not always have heavy cover. Maybe try and be questionable with things and change it to be like, maybe this heavy this terrain does look like heavy cover. Maybe rule it because it is smaller. Maybe rule it as light as light cover. M make things impassable instead of just being heavy, like all that sort of stuff. It's yeah, that I, I don't really have much to contribute to that one because I, on top of the fact that I haven't got much to contribute to it in particular, it's it'd be beating a dead horse if I if I just said heavy cover for everything. So. Yeah, no, that's fair. Well, that's, that's a good oh, point. Uh, I, 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 yeah. I feel your heavy cover exhaustion. I know what you mean. <laughs> Curtis, what have you got on your wish list? Well, we've all just done the roundabout, and I'm about to go on to a third that's different. So we've done X-Wing Legion. I'm going to go on to Shatterpoint. Um, it has been difficult for me playing Shatterpoint because of the way that cover rules are done. The fact that it's like a two-dimensional plane um and the cover rules are really weird that way so for me i would really like it if the cover rules were maybe met more halfway between where they currently are and where legion sits because i feel like the cover rules are just they're very childish they don't feel very advanced for a game that is supposed to be strategy based i know it's supposed to be casual in their explanation but i just feel like some of the cover rules are not very intuitive they're not very thematic either so yeah that's that's pretty much me on that one so but yeah um we did have one quick discussion topic um and we will allocate a maximum of three minutes of the pod to this when it hits three minutes we're going to close it the discussion topic was what followed on from um, Jeff Vader's comment. And even though, okay, guys, rant, here's my soapbox. Even though in the Discord I said, can we please keep discussions about these questions to the general chat, not in the question box? People still discussed it in the, gen, in the question box instead of general. Anyway, so we're going to chat about it. Um, Woogie Chieftain then responded. Wookiees need surging white saves, even though Jeff said not units. So Wookiees just straight away gone in and replied about something that he said not including units, and he's included a unit. Right, okay, there we go. And then Sith Lord Brendan, okay, another Patreon. I would argue Wookiees should have red saves, or at least a feel-no-pain reroll for a failed save. Now, what I'm assuming is going on here, right, surging white, Maybe not so bad. Maybe they could have an ability or something that triggers when they get a surging white. Maybe after they've lost a mini, they could get a surging white added to their to their card after they've lost a mini. So that means when you go from three down to two, you're now surging whites. Um, or you roll reds instead, one or the other, whichever one they see as being fair balance, right? Um, 
the feel no pain re-roll i'm assuming is maybe for one failed save you can re-roll that blank dice um nick i think it comes from like a 40k thing or something doesn't it is, is that what it is yeah so feel no pain is essentially it was, it was an older 40k rule that i think might have been reworded in, in more recent editions but a feel no pain essentially means if you fail a save you then get to go to a secondary save which gives you a re-roll so say for example easiest way to say it is all right my my generic space marine has a three plus armor save and i fail it on a three plus now i have a six up feel no pain which means i now get a a re-roll and on a six the wound that i would take is ignored yep. so what it could be is it could be it could be white white dice surging or it could be or say if they change it to red dice defending for wookies and then you have a quote-unquote feel no pain it could then be all right roll a white dice white dice surging as a feel no pain instead if you fail mm. the red dice or vice versa and like i think that's the idea but it has to come down to is that because they use different die faces and different die bases have different die values in legion in comparison yeah. to a normal d6 in other war games well, it's I mean, hard to do so yeah, well, the hierarchy is white's non-surging, then white's surging, then red's non-surging, then red's surging. So if you want to go yeah. like to the bottom, because it's like a last-ditch effort, kind of like how you were talking about 40k going from a three save to a six, right? Which is, now that's on a D10, is it? The three going to the six? No, no. On a 40k is strictly a D6 system. Oh, it's a D6 system, right. So your odds are really low and you're getting that six save anyway. Yeah, generally the best the best sort of um the best sort of feel no pain you can get in 40k, I think, is a five plus. Yeah. As, so a, I as reckon, a secondary backup. So I reckon on that topic then, right? And this is the this is what I'd pitch to these guys is is where I reckon this could sit. I reckon you need to pump the Wookiee and it's up by two points a piece to four points a piece and i reckon you could have a feel no pain where and change them to red saves non-surging feel no pain and that is you can choose up to two blank dice and roll a white dice for each one and um take the result rolled on the white instead of the blank one and that's it non-surging because then that's a one in six chance of them getting it like a six for you, for your mech. Yeah, idea. I think that's a good idea. So, and I think that would be a good balance, but you'd have to increase the unit cost just a bit between two to four points, just just to make it fair. So either that, or you could have feel no pain. I mean, when you lose a mini instead and have no 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 change cost. Yeah, I think I think adding those, I think just adding new rules like that. I think it's just a really cool, unique idea that you can do. Like the only like what's coming up in Inquisitors, I think is called um, is it called Ram? The same things that Tauntauns have. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it was something a charge or something. Yeah, it was it was something. Yeah, like it's that. like it that's, that's charge. It it's a unique that. rule. Yeah, it's it's a unique rule that's only on Tauntauns. But now, yeah, Ram. That's it. Yeah. It is now a unique rule that is now also going to be on one of the inquisitors or both of them it's like yeah it's like that's a completely new keyword that just completely changes what you can do in the game i think adding new keywords like that that obviously don't break the game and, and there needs to be play tested but i think adding things like that just completely freshen the game and just give you a new complete 
180 degree look at the game and be like, okay, what can I do with this now? Yeah. And they've been doing that with the Geonosians. They've been practicing yeah, exactly. with new wordings with the Geonosians, with new words with um with the experimental droids army. Like that they they're actually giving it a shot. They are legitimately trying to increase the glossary of terms um for the games that are being played. And Legion is probably yeah. the easier of the games to do it with that currently exists and could benefit from. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, with that, we are out of time for this week's Rounds Are Up podcast. I want to thank my co-hosts, Nick and Curtis. Thanks for coming along. Always no a pleasure. Any time. And for all of you listening, come find the welcoming and helpful C Forward Squad on our Discord, Facebook, Instagram, and uh eventually some new youtubing streams links will be in the show notes take care roll well and as always c4 c4 thank you all for listening to the rounds are up podcast by c4 squad make sure to give us a review on your platform of choice and hope all of your roles are natty crits thank you and goodbye